with the new year happening, how, how, how many of us, um, how many of you really believe in the New Year's resolutions? How many of you do really believe in them? One person. How, how many have made New Year's resolutions already? One, two, three, four, five, six. Man. How many of you were like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying this year again. I'm, I, I've given up. Real ones, real ones. I, um, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, I've always, I, I, I liked the idea in the beginning when it was made, but then at the same time I was like, bruh, I'm like, I'm like, it's almost, uh, Pastor Rob said it a co- uh, last Sunday, the Sunday that just passed, he had said something on the, on the lines of, uh, uh, how did he say, it? he said something like, it's like a contract to myself that I'm not like legally allowed to, to, to disobey. So I can, if I do it, it's not against me or anything like that. And I thought that was so funny because a lot of us make New Year's resolutions. It's the generic thing, but I think one of the, the, the biggest things that I think that all of us miss, um, it is prayer. I think, I think there's a bad misconception about prayer. There's a, there's a, there's this idea of prayer that we're so afraid to try. This is a type of thing that we're so afraid to try to get into. And the problem is, is that we're not, we're taught by, church we're taught by maybe even our parents how to pray and sometimes we don't even know how to pray at all because we've never seen something like it before some of you grew up in church who how many of you grew up in church and you've seen every single prayer type prayer from 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 the most generic to the most holier than thou prayer raise your hand have you seen yep yep I've seen I've seen so many where I'm just like I give up. I don't know which type of prayer to pray. I'm just going to try my best and and make something up. But that's the whole point though. If you realize something y'all, pay attention. The the prayer is not about a ritual type position where you are just going to the man upstairs. This is not this is not just a prayer about asking for something. Really prayer Prayer is a conversation. Prayer is a conversation with someone that you care about. If, like, like if I'm having a, a conversation with Dakota, and I go and have a seat with him, let me just make an example of this. If I go, yeah, buddy. If I go, if I go and have a conversation with Dakota, uh, you can listen. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So I'm ha- it's like sitting down and having a conversation with Dakota and I'm catching up with him. I mean, I haven't seen him in like a week and a half because I've been out and I'm and I, and like, how, how's work been? All this stuff. And I'm having this conversation with someone that I care about and he also cares about me. That's a relationship with God. God is not just some type of ritual prayer that I have to accomplish. This is not something that I just have to check off my to-do list. It's an opportunity that I get to spend time with my father and have a conversation and a safe space to talk to him about things. That's what prayer is about. Prayer is not just about, um, like, I'm going to pray this same prayer over and over and over and over again. It's more about, Lord, this is what's going on. This is what I need you to know. Can you do something about it? <laughs> I've done that a lot of times. And prayer is like that. Prayer is a foundational practice in our faith that is essential to building an intimate relationship with God. But it all, it's often difficult how and where to start. I believe this series for the next couple of weeks, I want to take you down one of the most popular prayers that Jesus makes an example of. And it's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. It's going to be our theme scripture for the, for the series. It says, Our Father... In heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Um, The funny thing is, is that we assume that we got to repeat this exact prayer. Catholics do this. Most religions will repeat the prayer. But Jesus is actually giving an example on how to pray. Not what to pray, but how to. You got to check that first. You got, it's not just about what to pray. It's how to pray. What 
It's, I don't have to pray this exact, our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I don't have to make that as a, as, as the main part of my prayer. It's about praising God. That's what that first part is. It's our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. That's about praying and glorifying God, knowing who our father is. So for week one, the title for week one of our series, Talking to Jesus, um, is Our Father. If you're taking notes, Our Father. I have now been learning that it's how I feel is not the problem. Because you know how they say, like, you can't trust your feelings, you can't trust your emotions, etc. Yeah, I get that road. But it's not... It's not how I feel that is the problem. It's how I think. Before you ever have feelings about something, before you ever take action about something, you have a thought about it first. Before you lash out at somebody, you thought negative about it first. Before you ever, before you ever catch a feeling of attitude, you had a thought of judgment. Before you ever, before you ever had feelings about somebody, you thought about them first. So some of us feel that God doesn't listen. We feel that God doesn't pay attention to our prayer. But a lot of times it's the way that we think about God that determines how we feel about God and about how we pray to him and how we talk to him. It's easy to find ourselves comparing God to even the friends we have. A lot of us in this room, this has been a study from a lot of uh, Christian theological people where they will say that a lot of us image God the way we image people. The way we look at God is how we viewed people. So sometimes we view people as we view God because people will take it out of context and say, well, we're created in the image of God. So some of us are the image of God. So God is like us. Well, no. Number one. Number one, God is God. We are not God. God is the Lord. But the thing is, is that he's created us in his image and in his likeness, but we are not him. And so when you have a perception of God through humanness, the way you think of God can come off track. The way that you perceive God and how you talk to God can destroy that because you view him like you view man. And that's what I want to break in this series is that it's not about, it's not about him being like people. It's about God being himself, what the word says that God is. Back to Matthew 6, 9 through 13. He gives a full example on how to pray, especially starting with our father, because prayer is important to God. Let me go back, actually. I actually have one point, actually. So the first thing, I need you to know this because, because it's very, very simple. It's very practical. It's very understandable. But it hits deep when you know who he is. If you don't know who he is, this won't hit deep. This won't hit you in your soul because you have a hard time knowing who your father truly is because you've made him in the image of human humanness. The first thing is, is that our father listens. Our father listens. God listens to you because prayer is important to him. Prayer is one of the main essentials that God uses to communicate with you and for you to indeed communicate with him. Prayer is more about communicating with God rather than him just communicating with you. That's what he wants for you. He wants you to communicate to him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to tell him things. He wants you to build an intimate relationship with him. There's this one analogy where um, people think God just draws to us and we don't have to do anything. It's like this. When you draw, when you take one step to the Lord, he takes 10 steps to you. When you take one step, God's all in. That's how, that's how much God is almost in a way in love with you. Not because of what you can do, but what you are to him. 
What you are to God is so important. That's why prayer is so important. And as a child of God, your prayers, your requests to him, but not just that, but your conversations to him are important. We have become more of a, prayer has become more of a request deposit rather than a conversation with him. We request to God like we send emails. We request to God like we ask our parents for everything. We request to God in all types of ways, but we never have a conversation with him. Because maybe that's all you've known is give request. Give requests, nothing happens. I gave, I asked God to do this, he didn't do it. But what if I change my perspective on it? Instead of just asking him what I want, what if I talk to him about how I feel and think? I'm always asking God for stuff. I'm always communicating with him what I desire. But the other day I was praying because I was, I was praying for desires. I was like, Lord, I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And, and I thought to myself, God, what do you desire? I flipped it. I flipped the way that I prayed and I put it towards him because I had never done that. I put it towards the Lord saying, Lord, what do you desire? What do you want? What, 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 what does your word say about you? What, what, who are you? See, we're so used to asking God for something instead of asking God, who are you? Because can you genuinely answer that question? If I asked you, who is God to you? Could you answer that accurately and properly and in confidence? A lot of people, I'm going to be honest, a lot of people don't. A lot of people have a hard time saying, who is God to me? Who is God to me? Well, God to me is somebody I thought that was mad at me for a long time. I felt like I was ashamed of being called a child of God. Because the child of God thing sounds sweet, sounds cute, sounds pretty spiritual. But there was this shame that I felt that I didn't want to be called that because I felt like I didn't deserve that. You know what I'm saying? You feel like you don't deserve to be a child of God. So you don't qualify for that. You feel like you don't qualify for that. And I felt that way. And it wasn't until the point, and I've said this from before a long time ago when I was preaching, and I said that it wasn't that God said that he loved me that changed my way of who he was. It was when he said, I'm not mad at you, is what changed my perspective about him. I didn't need it. I hear, you can hear, like some of us in this room, if someone says I love you, but they did you wrong, you're like, yeah, dude, yeah, nice try. Nice try trying to manipulate my mind to try to get to your agenda. I'm not going to fall for that. But God, instead of saying the generic, I love you, he went far and beyond to put in my heart, I'm not mad. I never was. And I don't think I ever will be because you're my child. And when that happened, that changed the way that I saw God. That I'm not talking to just anyone. I'm not just talking to some religious figure. I'm talking to the Father of heaven and earth that wants to talk back to me. That's what talking to Jesus is about. That's what our, that's how our Father listens. He listens. He's a good listener. This is why we get mad at God because He listens more than He puts into action for us what we want. God's a good listener. God is really good at listening to pain so that you can process and grow instead of taking action and taking you out of it. God's a good listener. God's a good listener when it comes to the point where, God, why didn't you get me out of this? And he is really saying, why didn't you grow from this? God's a good listener. God is a great listener. But the question is, is that are you willing to talk, to get something out of your mouth, to talk to him about? That's more important than what he does for you. Because sometimes when we get into the mindset of what he can do for me, we can get into the flesh and think that he can grant any type of wish we want, any type of, if I just rub the thing and he'll come out like a genie and he'll give me my wishes. We think sometimes of God that way. And then when he doesn't do what we want, we get disappointed. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's not about what he didn't do. 
It's not about what he didn't do. It's about what he was doing in that moment, which was listening. Prayer is important to him. And Jesus was teaching us how to pray. He took the time out of scripture. Scripture is important. They said there were more miracles than what they recorded in the Bible. There was more. So they had, to, they had to be very careful of what they were putting in Scripture. And they made sure that they put Jesus' prayer in there. Why? To make an example of the simplicity of the prayer. He wants us to share anything and everything with him. See, we get to a point where, where we think, how many of you, okay, Let's, let's be real in this room. You know those be reals, that fake app? I'm going to tell you all about really being real. How many of you have had the idea or like the, the theory that I couldn't tell God everything? Real. Be real, be real, be real, be real. It's a whole, I had a very hard time telling God what I, what I was dealing with. Not because of the fact that he couldn't handle it. I thought there was going to be, there's this one, there's this one uh, therapist that I follow on Instagram. And he said, there's this phrase, because a lot of people, some people get scared of hearing certain results or hearing something from someone that they're not ready to hear for. And he said, this is the phrase that goes in our head. Am I ready to hear this? Am I ready to hear the result? Am I ready to hear this correction? Am I ready to hear this stuff. It's coming. You can't control it, but you ask yourself and you don't realize you're asking yourself this. Am I ready to really hear this from this person? Am I ready? Am I ready to hear these things? And it's important. And I need to know I was like, is God ready to hear my stuff? I asked myself that is God ready to hear what I want to tell him. And every time I've told him, Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Not to the fact of like, oh, nothing happened. God didn't do anything. No, no, no. Like, like there was no action, but there was no condemnation either. I didn't expect a fix-it answer, a fix-it Felix answer from God. All I heard, actually, all I felt, wasn't what I thought, it was what I felt. I felt this warmth from what I had told him because there's a space, there's a space that God makes and, and people have a hard time correlating um, self-care with biblical standards. People think it can't mix, but it can. And I'm going to tell you why, because God has the space. God has a space for everyone. I've said this before, Elijah prayed and asked God, to take his life. And what did God do? He gave, he brought him an angel and the angel fed him food and he gave him water. He didn't tell him what to do about his depression. He didn't tell him what to do about his suicidal thoughts. Didn't tell him anything. He gave him a space to eat and drink because eating and drinking like that, it's almost like, like lunchtime. You haven't eaten all morning, right? How many of you skip breakfast? A lot of us do, right? Because you don't have time to make bacon and eggs. I gotta go to I gotta go to school. I gotta go to work. I don't have time for this. I'm gonna make coffee and then I'm gonna go. So you do that and then you go to lunch and you're like, oh, I don't want no one to talk to me. I don't want anyone to give me a stink eye. I'm eating my what y'all eat sandwiches and all that, mac and cheese. You eat my I eat my mac and cheese. But here's the deal. I think it's the same analogy. I think God gave Elijah a lunch break. But the reason why I think he gave him that type of lunch break was because he didn't, Elijah didn't need to hear anything. He was probably expecting God to say something about his condition. But God didn't talk to his condition. He talked to a different condition. He talked to his hungry condition. He was hungry. If The reason why I know this is because why did the angel bring him food and water? Why did the angel bring Elijah food and water if he was depressed? Because I think God knows how to talk to a certain condition that you're not willing to talk about. That there's something deeper than the condition that you're asking God about. 
that there's a deeper condition that God wants to speak to, that he wants to feed, that he wants to meet that need in that certain condition. The next thing is that we are our father's children. Romans 8.16 says, For his spirit joins us with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You're a child of God. What? Jet break, yeah, jet break. We are God's children. You know what's funny? I I have I have this analogy actually. This actually just happened a couple days ago. My mom offered something and I was like, Well, I don't know. And she was like, just do it, just take it. And I was like, why? Like I was telling, I was actually reminiscing with her about about the ministry that I've been doing and, and how like, like, um, like the past couple of years, like the last two years I've, I've surprisingly have gotten like Christmas gifts from a couple of you guys for the past two, three years. And I feel horrible. Right. Cause I'm like, I want to give all of y'all a Christmas gift. Like if you bring me one, I feel horrible. Like, why do you do that to me? Like, I want to give you something, but I feel like I can't give it. And I'm just, I'm just sitting there. I'm telling my mom, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I haven't given them anything. And she's like, Yeah, you have. I'm like, What? And I knew where it was going, but it didn't resonate with me till this year. That I have, I've given that gift to you. That I've, I know, I know what y'all go through, and I knew, and I know exactly the things that you struggle with, not specific. I know all of us struggle different, but God speaks to every single struggle. And I think that the beauty, the beauty of preaching that I've gotten to is that I can say whatever, this whole sermon could be trash to you. It could be, it could be horrible, trash, monkey butt, and all that. It could be trash. But there's this one quote or one phrase or one scripture that God speaks to you and it clicks. You know what I'm talking about? It clicks. It hits a certain point in your soul where you're like, I get it now. God, you, you, I've been needing to hear that. I've been needing for you to speak that. And you said that. That's what got me. And I was telling my mom that I'm like, I'm like, I don't like getting gifts. Like, like I don't, I, I don't receive it well. And then she was talking about how like she was giving me something just because. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't deserve this. And I was even telling her about, about, um, me and Sarah, how we've been really blessed even throughout this journey of our relationship. And I was like, 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 why are we, are we given this stuff? Like, we, I didn't do anything. I'm, I'm like, in my head, I was like, well, you know, you know, ministry, you know, God's blessed me because I do good ministry. And my mom was like, no, because you're his son. And she said, you're his child. And that tells me, I didn't do anything to get God's blessing. Because if that was the case, we wouldn't have any blessings at all. Because of the sin that we struggle with and the stuff that we have to deal with in this fallen world, God gives it freely. Why? Because we are his children. And that's what his spirit does to our spirit. It affirms us that we are God's children. It's like a thing, like like I, like how good parents listen to their children. And for someone's like, no, my parents never listen to me. They never listen. But it's but but a real good a, a real a good parent listens to their children, and God does the same thing. God knows how to listen. God knows how to give good gifts, no matter what you've done. Because we've all made some stupid mistakes. Some There have been some stupid mistakes and stupid decisions this week, and you're like, how did I even do that? How did I even come up with this conclusion? Lord, forgive me. Like, you, you figure, you're like, man, like, how do I? God doesn't base you on your decisions. God bases you on who you are in him. That's why it's know God, know who you are, do it for the kingdom. If you know God, you know who you are. If you know God, 
you will know who you are. Not because just because you're made in the image of him, but it, because it's your identity and, and inheritance when you get saved, when you become a Christian, when you surrender your life to him. That is your inheritance. Is those blessings, is that favor, is all of those things. When we view God as our father, it changes the way that we approach prayer. Oftentimes, our earthly father can impact our view of our heavenly father. That's another analogy, how we sometimes think God is like people. If we contribute father to biological on earth father, sometimes that can be distorted because not all of us have a great dad. Some of us don't even have our dad in our lives. But there is a perspective about God that can change when you experience him, your father, your heavenly father. That can change when you give God a chance. Give God a chance. You have not given him a chance because you're afraid of how weird it will be or how disappointed you would be. You got to bypass those lies and insecurities and just give God a chance. Give God that opportunity to be a father that you need. Because some of us don't have that. Some of us don't experience that. We have longings that are not met in our parents, that are not met in our fathers, that are not met in people that we think love us that much. They love you, but not like God does. My mom would always tell me that, that, that I love you a lot. I would die for you. All that stuff. Everything a mama says because it's mama. They say all that. But she told me, she said, if that's me and I love you that much, God loves you way beyond that. And she would tell me that. And it would come, and it would come to my conclusion in my own brain that I'm like, God does care about me more. He knows what I need. He knows my name. He knows what I go through. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows my insecurities. He knows all of these things. And I don't even tell him. You don't even need to tell God. He knows already. He knows all of your stuff. He knows all of your issues. He knows all the stuff that you think about that you don't tell people. He knows all that stuff already. The thing is, is that he still, imagine that, imagine that. The stuff you think that is so messed up and God still cares. How crazy is that? We are messed up people that God really cares about. Our father cares. He listens. He is attentive to you. He is willing to listen to you. He doesn't want to just fix you. Yes, God wants you to be transformed. He wants you to change. He wants you to become a better version of you. He wants you to be a life-giving person, a spirit-filled person. He wants that. But to do that, he's got to get all that other stuff out the way. And it's not until he sits with you first. Before he resurrected Lazarus, he cried. Before he ever, before he ever got that man in John 5 off his mat at the pool of Bethesda, he sat and picked with his thoughts, picked with his thinking before he ever healed him. Why? Because God wants to be, God wants to get to that part of you before he heals your physical you. He wants to get to a part of you in prayer that nobody else can really get to. And do it right. And some of you are hesitant because you've put stuff on people, right? You've put stuff on people where it has gotten to the point where you can't tell God because you've told others and they've reacted a certain way. And so you're like, I'm done. I'm not telling no one anymore. I'm not telling God anymore. Because if they do that, he might just do it. He might just give me the same reaction. Some of us have a phobia of reactions, some of us have phobia of what God is going to say. It's that phrase, am I ready to hear what God wants to tell me? Do I think God's ready for me to say this? Of course God's ready, Jacob. Yeah, I know God's ready, but we don't think like that sometimes because we don't do it. And we need to ask God and talk to him to know because he affirms us in his spirit. His spirit affirms our spirit, which means that we are his children. God affirms, and he calls us our children. Last thing is, is that our Father hears us when we pray. 
He hears, it's almost the same thing as the first one. But let's pick on this. So 1 John 5, 15 says, And since he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Scripture makes it clear that all we need to do is bring our requests to God, our needs, desires, and questions. Our questions are built for God to answer. I don't know if you re- I don't know if you realize that, but your questions that you have about life, about yourself, about the events that you've been through is built for God to answer. God is not you're not going to go up to God with an answer and he's going to be like, "Oh man, how am I going to answer this? How am I going to really do they do, He's not thinking like that. He knew you were going to ask that question cuz he built that for himself. God is ready for you to question things, not out of disbelief, not out of not having faith, but out of knowing who he is or knowing who you are. Questions are not of the devil. Questions are not of the devil. It's, it's, questions are good. They're the devil of church people, but they're not the devil of God. God is willing to hear your question. Dumb questions, stupid questions, scary questions, honest questions, questions that are, don't even sound like a question. You just want to ask him. You want to ask him questions. God knows what we need, yet he still loves for us to bring our needs before him. Like I said, he knows but he's willing to hear what you have to say. There was, and there was a time actually a couple months back, I hadn't seen a friend in a very long time. And I had, uh, I caught up with him and had a conversation with him and stuff like that. And we caught up on a lot. Like I hadn't seen this guy in probably a year and it took us maybe two hours to try and get everything put together. Cause we hadn't talked at all. And, and it was refreshing because I didn't know that I needed to talk to him. I didn't know I needed to catch up like that because it was a breath of fresh air. God wants to catch up with you. God wants to catch up with what you have been not talking about to him. Remember, prayer is not a ritual thing to do off your to-do list. It is a conversation with the Father that cares about you. That's where, that's where the root of all that comes from. You can knock off every single special prayer that you've seen other people pray. You can't go off of church prayer. You can't go off of a parent prayer. You can't go off a of pastoral prayer. You got to have that conversation with God for yourself to create your own prayer, to create your own moment with God. You can't rely on somebody else. It can be a great example, but you can't mimic that. You can't mimic that prayer. You can't mimic it. You have to go into your own thoughts, your own emotions, your own motives, and talk to God. Whether it sounds good or bad, I need to go to God to talk to him. I got to talk to him. Because there's something he's wanting me to know, or he is someone that I know is going to listen. I've struggled most of my life being being interrupted when I talk. And so it created an insecurity of not talking at all. Now, preaching has given me that opportunity, but in regular conversation, I don't get that sometimes. And it's an insecurity and it's kind of a trigger because that was my childhood. My childhood was that it was my, I called it my childhood of shutting up. My childhood of stop talking. My childhood of, of, does this, like if someone, if someone talks over me, I think to myself, was that really important of what I said? Did I really have to say that? You go, you question yourself when it was a valid thing you could have said. But because I was so insecure because of the interruption, I thought to myself, is this legit? Should I really be saying this? Should I really be bringing this idea? Should I really, should I really, should I really? So the interruption became that insecurity where I was like, I don't know. But every time I've talked to God, I would get mad. I was like, why aren't you answering me, bro? Why, why am I not getting a response? And the Lord, 
put on my heart to tell me myself that I'm, I'm here to heal that interruption. And God is, God was in that moment to heal the things that people interrupted. Cause everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got to, everybody's got to talk. Everybody's got to say something. And I felt like I couldn't say anything, but God broke that win in prayer. In prayer, when I had an idea, when I had a struggle, when I had a complaint, when I had an issue, I ultimately went to God first. Why? Because he does not interrupt you. Some of you have been interrupted in your life. Whether it's somebody talking over you, whether a situation has traumatized you and created an interruption in your life, God can redeem that in prayer. God can redeem that in when you talk to him. We are entitled to every benefit of being a child of God, including the right to communicate and have a meaningful relationship with him. God does not love us from afar. We can feel his love close up when we pray. When we pray, Father, I come before you. I praise your name. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for always hearing me. You start with praising him. There's moments where I don't start praising. I start complaining and that's going to happen. But there's going to be a moment in your life where you're going to have to start praising through stuff you cannot control through stuff that you can't really see the end of. You're going to have to start praising God more. And some of us don't do that. Some of us are waiting for him to prove himself instead of us praising him. We want him to prove every single idea that we have of him to us, an unmet expectation. And then he doesn't do it and we're like, oh, God's not real. God's not real. We want him to meet an expectation, but what if he never promised that to begin with? God wants to show him she wants to show you the real him, the real father, the real God, the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible wants to show you who he really is to you, but he can't do that if you don't talk to him. One more thing before I close. I have one question for everybody. How many of you are great listeners? Okay. How many of you could talk for hours? Talk to a wall. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm the type of person where I'm like, I'm like, I, I like listening. I'm not that good at, ex like, sometimes when I exchange words, it's exhausting. Now, you're probably like, Jacob, you're lying out of your butt because you preach a lot. Yes, but it's a different mode. I'm in Holy Spirit mode. I'm not in Jacob mode. I'm, like, preaching to you. I'm not just talking to you regularly. But there's times where I'm like, I can't say nothing. I can't say anything. I can't, like, like, like they're just talking for, for hours and hours on him. But I've, I've, I've learned that God, God can do both. God can do both. You know what's funny? All of the ways that we're wired sometimes is, is, is the image of God. You that loves to listen, God's that way. The person that tells a really good story, God can do that too. The way some of us like talking a lot, but we like explaining it a certain way, articulating something, God does that. God can do that in prayer, in his word, because it can speak to you a certain way and it can articulate in your brain. It's like, wow, God's for every type of person. You talk a lot. God, if you read his word and you like articulating stuff, if you read his word, you will read something in an articulate way and you'll be able to see something that nobody else can see. But if you're a listener, God's not going to just give you all of this mumbo jumbo, God's going to sometimes sit with you because some of us don't want that talk. God is good at all of this in prayer. And this is from my own experience, and this is from other people that I've talked to. It's all in that same vein. But we think that he's, he's afar. We think that 
it's weird to talk to nothing because our flesh is so used to talking to someone, somebody physical, talking to somebody right in front of us. But we're not used to talking to someone that we cannot see. But Jesus said, blessed are those who cannot see. Bless those that cannot see are actually more blessed than people who did see him. Because he wants to let you know that this is not, if you wanted my physical appearance, then you wouldn't have faith. You wouldn't believe as much. You need to have real faith where you can't see. Where you can't see me in physical form. You can't see me in this. You got to see me in faith. You have to see me in faith. I'm not visible to you, but I'm there. The Lord says, I'm not visible in this moment, but I'm always with you. Yes, I'm invisible. You can't see me, but I'm giving you a space for you to pray. I'm giving you a space for you to develop. I'm giving you a space to breathe and grow. God answers that. God gives us that. If you have had a hard time talking to the Lord, that's why I named this series Talking to Jesus. I could have named it Jesus' Prayer. I could have went very study-like. Oh, let's talk about Jesus' Prayer. It's not about just praying to Jesus. Praying in that text is called talking. You're talking to God. And that's important. It's a conversation with Him. It's a conversation with our Father. With every head bowed, tonight you need to talk to Jesus. Tonight you need to talk to your Father. Because a lot of us in this room aren't doing it because of excuses, because of the busyness of life. We say we're busy. But I think the, 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 the excuse that drives us deep is the excuse of that, can, it, can I trust God with this? Ask yourself that question right now with every head bowed and every eye closed before you get into a prayer moment. Ask yourself the question, is this thought that I wouldn't even tell my, my closest BFF would I tell is, do I think I can tell God this? Can I genuinely tell God this? If you put that question in your mind and you're thinking about something that is far beyond, some of it's dark, some of you have dark thoughts. God can see that. Some of you have goofy thoughts, weird thoughts. God sees that. You have insecure thoughts that if you shared it with another friend, your image would be broken. God sees that. God sees all of those thoughts. If, you're, if, if you've been thinking that, I gave you a moment to think about that. Can God really can I give God this? Can I trust God with this thought? I want you to know, number one, he is trustworthy. Why? Number one, because I believe because he already knows what you're thinking. But number two, he already knew what you were thinking and he hasn't given you shame for it. How funny is it that the, that the, the thought that you have that nobody can see, they will judge you, but the God who sees your thoughts doesn't. That tells me that God is trustworthy. Because if I, because there have been some thoughts that I've told other people and they gave me a reaction. But God already knows the thoughts that I struggle with and He never said nothing about it. He helped me with it, He helped me deal with it. But, but He didn't say anything. Why? Because God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy of my thinking. God is trustworthy of my broken heart. God is trustworthy over my protection. Some of you don't do it with God because you've had to, because you're in protection mode. There's a protection mode we all go through. 
especially in, 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 in moments of trauma, we will start from a traumatic event. We will start to protect ourselves in a certain way. It might be lashing out. It might be anger. It might be manipulation. It might be corruption in our own mind, not because we're evil people, but because we're protecting ourselves. You're using dysfunctional tactics to protect yourself. And you're using it towards God. And God said, That's, I'm not like people. Your dysfunction is not out of anger, it's out of fear. The dysfunctional behavior is, it looks like anger, it's fear disguised as anger. You're not angry at God for not answering a prayer. You're fearful of what you'll tell him. Because you've been fearful of telling others things. Whether it's a relative, whether it's a friend, whether it's someone that you you trusted from before. And you're afraid. You are scared. Let God break that lie tonight. Let God break that mindset tonight. Because it's not about how you feel. It's about what you're thinking. Like I said in the beginning, it's about what you think. And you, your thoughts are deceiving you and God wants to restore that. You have been mistreated and God wants to treat you right. You have been neglected and God wants to bring you into his safety. You have been discarded by people that you genuinely care about. And God wants to bring you in into adoption to sonship, the Bible says. Ask God right now, Lord, this is what's going on. My father, you need to know, you are my father. You're not a father that I know. You're not, you're not a father that I've seen before. You're my father. You know me. You created me. You instilled gifts within me. You installed gifts within me. You installed potential within me. I believe the spirit right now, just like in the scripture where it says the spirit affirms the spirit that you're God's child. God is wanting to affirm you through his spirit. He's affirming me right now. What I just said, that's affirmation. God knows me. God knows my name. He knows my face. He sees beneath the walls. He sees beneath the surface of what I show. He sees that, yet he loves me. I pray that God affirms every person in this room to know that he knows you, that he sees you, that he knows you by your name and by your face. He knows you. Personally, for me, I've always had a hard time remembering people's names. I know faces, but I don't know names. But God knows both. God knows both. God has seen both. He knows you. He knows you better than anybody else. The hidden parts of you, He knows. The hidden past mistakes that was only between you and him, he knows. The stuff that you didn't get in trouble for, he knows. He knows and he loves you. He cherishes you. He's not mad at you. He develops growth within you. You are his favorite you. He knows you.
Why is why are you the Lord's favorite? Because he made you uniquely. He installed a certain wiring, DNA, personality within you that he developed. Not man, not religion, not not people that 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 guide you a certain way. He did. You built different because God built you. God built you. Father, I pray that you are affirming every spirit in this room, not just knowing that they're a child, but Lord, what do they have? What they can say to you, what they can express to you, what kind of frustrations can they express? What type of emotional problems can they express? What kind of what kind of moment, Lord, is going to set them free from trying to protect themselves when you can ultimately be their protector and not themselves anymore? Lord, where does that start, Lord? Talk to them, Lord, as they make the effort in this moment to talk to you. We thank you, Lord, that you are affirming the way that you are doing it. You do it better than anyone. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that... that that they would learn and exercise the affirmation of you, the affirmation that you are giving them. Help them to exercise that, not to be dependent on people, not to be dependent on on, on, on human validation. Because, Lord, that can be gone. That can be taken away. That can be completely mistreated, manipulated. But, Lord, you do not manipulate. You do not mistreat. You treat right. You treat good. You, Lord, you take care of us better than anyone else. So, Lord, I pray that you would start affirming, and like the scripture says, to affirm our spirit that who we are is what you've made us. And we thank you that we get to know that you are our Father. We thank you. We praise you for that. We thank you for the revelation of knowing who you are and who we are in you. And I ask for this week as they go on with their week, as they go back to school, as they go back to working again, Lord, I ask that you would remind them to exercise, to tell themselves who they are that you talk to them, that they can talk back, that they can talk to you and not be afraid and don't have to protect and don't have to lash out and doesn't have to defend themselves. Lord, they can say what they need to say towards you because you are our Father. We thank you. We praise you for all of this and we pray a blessing over us and Lord, we pray worthiness over you. Lord, you are worthy of praise. You're worthy of your name. You are worthy of worship. You are our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name, Lord. You are magnificent. We glorify your name. Your name is lifted on high. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. And amen.